0: All right, kids, come on up for children's message. Come on up. All right, as they come up, I want to continue to thank you as you, are, as a church, do well with our visitors. And so visitors are glad that you're here. I see, hopefully, you get approached by others. I want to continue to encourage you as we have visitors to, some of you, consider inviting them out or over for lunch and uh, spend some time with them, but thanks for doing that. All right, good morning, guys and gals. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. How are you? You're doing all right? Annie. Hi, Annie. All right, uh, first... First, look up here, guys. I want you to know that I love you guys. I'm very glad that you're in the service. Um, can anybody name the book that we're preaching through in the Bible? Bible. Bible. Yes, true. Uh, I think it's Hab- Habanuk or something like that. Yes. That's what I want to do first. Let's, let's learn how to say his name. Habakkuk, that's right. Everybody say Habakkuk. 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 Habakkuk, yeah, good, good. So, what I want to do is I need one of you to be Habakkuk this morning. Who would be Habakkuk? Would you like to be Habakkuk? Yeah. All right, just stand right over there. I need this. Oop, that's not it. Put that on your chest. You're Habakkuk. Now, I need two of you. A guy and a gal to play the role of Israel. All right, why don't we have you and Luke? You come on up here. Oop, right over here. Come over there by Habakkuk, you put that on. You two are Israel. And now I need four of you. All right, you come on up, Eliza, you come on up, come on up, and let's see, who else? Come on up. You're over here, stand back. You're Babylon. Who wants to wear the B? You got the B? All right. So what we have going on is Habakkuk is like the father over Israel. Okay? Israel are like his children. God has told Habakkuk to take care of his children, to tell them the truth, to encourage them and discipline them to do wrong. And one of the things that's bad happening is Israel, these two, are fighting. The stronger one is hurting the weaker one. Don't really hurt her, but act like you're hurting her. No? (laughs) No? Okay. And what Habakkuk is doing is he is shaking his fist at them and telling them to knock it off. That's right. And then, because they won't knock it off, he is crying out to God to do something about it. Lord, do something about this. Yeah, good. That's right. Perfect. Now, Babylon, as you can see, is a bigger, stronger family or nation than Israel. But they're worse. Where Israel is hurting within their family, Babylon is hurting everybody else, like all of these people. You guys are the bad, 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 bad people. So look bad. Don't smile. They're bad. Now, what God tells Habakkuk is that he's going to discipline the family by using Babylon. And do you like that idea? No, don't, right? And you actually say, God, why would you use a worse family, a more evil family than my family, to discipline my family? Why
1: would you use
0: a worse family to discipline my family? That's right. So that's the book of Habakkuk in short. You calling out to God to do something to discipline the children, and then God tells you, I'm going to bring worse children than your children to discipline them, and you don't like that. Does anybody know the answer God gives to that complaint? What does God say? You guys can have a seat. Go ahead and sit down. You can keep your H and you can keep your I. You know what he says? What what do you think, Jeremiah? You don't know. He says you need to have faith. Trust me. What I want you to take from this is Habakkuk is praying all the time. He's pleading with God. Is there... You guys can always go to God with anything. Do you know that? You can plead with him for everything in your life. Anything. Do you know why you should pray to God? Um, Because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Does God answer? He does. You need to pray to him because you need him. Do You know how else you can always talk to about anything in your life? That's absolutely right, your mom and dad. So one of the lessons I want you guys to get from Habakkuk is you can always go to God with anything, for anything, but in, on earth, you can always go to your mom and dad. When you get older, your problems are going to get bigger. Yeah, when, when i get bigger, I'm going to be bigger than my mom and dad. You're going to be bigger than your mom and dad? Uh, that's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. That's it's not actually true? Yeah, well, Maybe. So, guys, don't forget that. Always, 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 your mom and dad love you, and you can go to them with everything, even if there's something really bad going on in your life. Don't hide it. Don't keep it a secret. Plead with God, but go to your mom and dad, okay? All right, so go to your mom and dad.
1: All right. I told Pastor Jeremy, I said, you're getting the upgrade for the service this week, and there it is, so now you have to come back down to the secondary here, and I better pronounce Habakkuk correctly throughout the message too, all right, so we are there, so turn Old Testament, Habakkuk, um, just short of the New Testament, so if you find the New Testament, Matthew, or just a few books to the left there. Uh, Pastor Jeremy did give us an introduction last week to this short book here, three chapters. Uh, Just a quick review, again, historical background. Habakkuk is a prophet here during this time of the divided kingdom. Israel is divided into Israel and Judah. Uh, The portion known as Israel has been taken into captivity by the Assyrians because of their sin and their rebellion against God. And now here, the the part that's left in the land is Judah, still in the land that God has provided. And they have great sin sin among themselves as well, as we'll see today. And so here at the beginning of Habakkuk, the, the first chapter here that we'll see today, Habakkuk is complaining to God. He's crying out to God over the sin that he sees, the injustices within his people that he is observing. And Habakkuk complains about what he perceives God is and is not doing. And then God graciously answers Habakkuk and helps him to understand a little bit more about what is going on. So let's pray and then we'll read through our first chapter here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we need you now. Thank you for your word that you have given to us. And uh, yet, this morning, God, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to comprehend uh, by your Spirit. Give us understanding that we may be uh, changed and that we may see you more fully and that we may grow in Christ. And so, would you do this now in Jesus' name? Amen. Okay, Habakkuk chapter 1. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on, guilty men whose own might is their God. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as judgment, and you, O rock, have established them for reproof. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint." All right, so first here we see that uh, Habakkuk is wrestling with God as he cries out to God. He's wrestling with God. He's complaining to God. And what is this complaint? What is it that he's wrestling over? Well, it's sin among God's people. We see here in these first few verses, there is violence. There is iniquity. There's wrongdoing. All within God's people. Destruction and strife and contention, right? We see that the law, God's word, his truth is paralyzed. It can't do its work. It doesn't have its effect. There is injustice and wickedness is prevailing. So let me just pause right there. Does any of that sound familiar to things going on in our world today? Can you relate to seeing and observing any of that happening among us? So Habakkuk here has a real concern for God's people, right? He's like a good pastor looking out over the congregation and then seeing his people who have turned away from God, and they're just continuing in sin. He's frustrated with God's people, and he's also frustrated with God. This isn't a new thing for Habakkuk. It's not a recent observation. He's been seeing this for some time, right? He's been praying for this for some time. That's why he says, how long, right? This has been a while, God. I've been pleading with you for quite some time. How long do I have to continue? How long do I see this going on? And so what Habakkuk is doing here we call lament. 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 Lament is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow over what's taking place. It's a pouring out of your heart to God. It's letting yourself be emotionally vulnerable with God. Something that doesn't come naturally to us, but we're taught to do this in Scripture. So he's lamenting, and there's not only a complaint, but there's, there's accusations against God as well, right? You will not hear. You will not save. You are idle towards sin and iniquity. You're not doing anything, God. All right? There's questioning. Where are you, God? What are you doing? Will justice ever prevail? What is going on? And so Habakkuk here is like us. He's asking questions that many of us ask as well. Questions that you probably at some point in your life has pondered, this, uh, pondered as well, right? If God is good and pure and holy, how could he allow evil to prevail? In Habakkuk's eyes, God seems to be indifferent and uncaring. Have you ever been there? Where are you, God. Don't you even care? Are you going to do anything about the evil we see around us? Because Judah's sin problems here aren't historically unique to them. Right? There are similarities in our world today. There is sin, there is violence, there is contention. And there are also similarities among God's people within the church There's a pulling away from the truth of his word. There's a softening of it. There's a twisting of it. There's a changing of it. Oh, Lord, how long? How long will this continue? How long do we need to endure ungodly policies in our government? How long do we have to be ruled by wicked and ungodly people? How long until the church in America repents of its straying away from God's word? How long until God's people turn from their complacency towards him? All right. These are things worth mourning over, worth weeping over, worth lamenting over. How long, O oh Lord? How long? This is what Habakkuk is doing. He's crying out to God, mourning over sin and evil among God's people. And then God responds to Habakkuk, which is somewhat amazing in itself. (laughs) He actually answers him. He speaks to him. We find here in verse 5 that God is at work. God is at work. So God first gives Habakkuk a little perspective here. Right? Get some perspective. Look among the nations and see. Don't just look, surface, but look and, and see. Consider what God is doing. Understand what is going on. It's not all about you. Right? Kids, If your parents ever said that to you? It's not all about you. Right? You need a bigger perspective. You need to see more of what's going on. I didn't mean to upset you. <laughs> it's true, though. It's not all about you. All right, you only see a little bit here, Habakkuk, right? You only see a little bit. Your focus is too narrow. Now, what Habakkuk saw was accurate. It was true. It was real, but it wasn't the whole picture. There was more to see. There was more to understand. So again, he's not necessarily to blame for that. That's something that happens to us, right? We only see so much. We only understand so much. But what he needed to be made aware of here is that there's a bigger picture, bigger things to consider. And so that's a lesson for us as well. Don't get caught up too much in just what's visible in front of you. See this bigger picture. And God indicates here that he is very aware of the present situation, right? God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He knows everything. God fully understands what's going on here in the nation of Israel, in the people of Judah, and he's fully aware of all the evil that takes place in the world in the year 2021. God is fully aware. He knows all. So sometimes we just need a bigger perspective. We need our perspective renewed. We need our minds renewed in how we are seeing things and what we're seeing and how we are viewing things And so God says to Habakkuk here, I am doing a work. I am doing a work. Now, when I was a a new believer in college, this is one of the verses that I picked out and memorized. You know, picked verses in different places, memorized verses. This is one of them I did. I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe. That was a super exciting thing, right? God's doing a work. Isn't that great? Uh, There's just one problem. I was missing something. I had to verse out of context. Right? I had it out of context. What is the context here? It's one of judgment. Right? God is going to bring judgment against his people for their sin. <sighs> That's not so exciting anymore, is it? That's a fearful thing. So we have to understand God's word in its, in its context, all right? But God is doing a work here. He is doing a work, but part of what we need is often just a reminder of who God is, who God is. Habakkuk may have lost sight of that as he complains against God and as he accuses God. He may have lost sight over who God is. So take a moment and just, just soak this in for a bit, contemplate once again who God is. God is the creator of absolutely everything. He is sustainer, he holds all things together. He is Lord of all. God is king, he is ruler, he is Lord. He has not abandoned his position of authority or of his rule. God is the orchestrator of every bit of history all aspects of it. He is the sovereign God, sovereign over us, as we sang. He's in complete control of everything at all times. Later in chapter 2, verse 20, we read that the Lord is in his holy temple. He's not been kicked out, no matter what we see before us, no matter the evil, no matter the injustice. God's not been knocked off his throne. This is a great reminder for us especially when things don't seem right in this world. Recall to mind who our God is. Habakkuk, I am doing a work in your days, and God is doing a work in our days as well. God is in control of world events and world history, and he works everything for his purposes. Did you hear that? He works everything for his purposes. Do you have faith to believe that? Do you have faith to believe that God is in control and has purposes when there's a global pandemic? Do you have faith to believe that God is in control and has purposes when there's a threat from a foreign enemy? Or when there's an economic recession? Or when an election doesn't go your way? or when airplanes fly into buildings. God is in control. He has a purpose. And sometimes, as we see here, sometimes his purpose is to discipline his people. So God does not leave the ruling of the world to chance. He doesn't leave it to mere men. That's against his nature. He cannot do it. He will not do it. On the contrary, he knows exactly what he is doing. And it serves a purpose. The ultimate purpose is for his own glory. Even when you and I can't see it that way, God will serve his purpose to bring glory to his name. In the meantime, we wrestle with God, we wrestle through the why. Why, God? Why is it this way? God allows us to wrestle with him. He allows us to question him. He allows us maybe even to accuse him, although we better be careful with that. Right? But he allows us to question. He allows us to lament, to ask him, what is going on? Why aren't you doing something? He responds to Habakkuk here that, you wouldn't believe what I'm doing if I told you, right? Your faith is too weak. You're not gonna like the answer. You're not gonna fully understand. You see, sometimes God doesn't reveal his whole plan to you simply because you don't have the faith for it. But the question becomes, will you trust him anyway? Will you trust him even when you don't understand? We trust him when you don't have it all figured out. We trust him when things don't look right to you in your eyes. May God increase our faith to trust him more. So then we see that sometimes God uses the wicked. Verse 6, sometimes God uses the wicked. He says, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, right? The Chaldeans is just another name for the Babylonians, right? We saw the kids up here, the Babylonians, Chaldeans, same people group. Sometimes God uses the wicked to accomplish his purposes. And so here we see these Babylonians, they were sinful, evil people. They had no regard for God and his people. Verses 7 and following down through 11 describe how powerful of a nation they are, but also how wicked they are. They're proud and arrogant. They think they know it all. They think they have strength to do whatever they want. And down in verse 11, they even see themselves as their own God, right? Guilty men whose own might is their God. They don't need anybody else. They are their own God as they see it. So here we have this evil nation that's coming that God is raising up. God raises up leaders and nations to fulfill his purposes. Again, do you believe that? That's a hard one, isn't it? Do you believe that every nation on earth right now and every leader in place is put there for God and for his glory? Daniel 2:21 tells us that God removes kings and sets kings up. He's in control. Romans 13.1 says there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Every nation, every leader is put there by God for his purpose. And so here in this case, the wicked nation Babylon will be used by God to discipline God's people. Babylon will conquer Judah and take it captive. They'll take them away. How does that challenge your faith and how you view God? Those are hard things. God uses evil men for his purposes. And so here we're talking about discipline. We're talking about punishment. Those aren't fun things to talk about. We don't like to hear about those. Those. And yet we need to understand God in the fullness of who he is. He is holy. He is just. And yet he is kind and he is loving as well. Hebrews chapter, two, t- chapter 12 speaks of discipline. Verse 6, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Verse 10, he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. Verse 11, later, discipline yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Discipline from God serves a purpose. It's to bring about repentance among his people, to restore them to a right relationship with himself. And so when you find that you are being disciplined by God, turn towards him in faith. It's ultimately for your good. It's hard at the time but it's for your good, it's for his glory. How do these Babylonians apply today? Who are the modern day Chaldeans? I don't know for sure. (laughs) I can guess, uh, maybe it's our own government. Maybe it's certain politicians and their policies that they promote. Maybe it's foreign countries like China or Russia, I don't know, right? But God does use wicked people and evil nations. We have to understand here too, that scripture tells us that God uses evil for good. We sang about this before, right? Even what the enemy means for evil, you turn it for our good and for your glory. That's true, that's scripture. Romans eight twenty eight. we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. We have an example of this in scripture Genesis chapter 50 with Joseph. Remember Joseph? He's taken his brothers, sold him into slavery. He was in slavery and in prison for years. Reunites with his brothers and he tells his brothers, as for you, brothers, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. That's what God does. The ultimate display of this, of course, is In Jesus Christ, God using evil for good. In Christ Jesus, the torture and killing of the sinless Son of God brought about forgiveness of sin and salvation to all who would turn to him in faith. Evil for good. God uses the wicked as his instruments to do his will. And so here we see that God will do what Habakkuk wants, right? He will address the sin and the wickedness in Judah among God's people, but it won't quite be in the way that Habakkuk anticipated. As God tells him, I'm going to use this evil nation to do this, to to bring about this discipline. And so next to verse 12 following, we see Habakkuk's response to what God has said. Habakkuk responds, in faith, sort of. <laughs> in faith, sort of, not unlike us at times. God, I believe you, but are you sure? <laughs> God, I trust you, but why this way? Right? So he first responds here with reciting what he knows to be true of God. Right. Again, that's a good place to be. It's a good practice at any time but especially when we're facing uncertainties, to renew our minds of who God is. He recalls here in verse 12 that God is Lord, that he is eternal, that he is holy, that he is a rock. He recalls that God is these things. He acknowledges God's purpose of judgment and discipline for the wicked nation to be carrying out among God's people. He says, it will happen. I believe it will happen. Right? And so Habakkuk believes that God will do it, but he doesn't quite like how God will do it. He wanted God to act, but not quite in that way. Right? Why would you do it that way, God? Why would you use evil people to work out your purposes? This might be similar to God telling you that he's going to have China take over all the economy of the U.S., right? Or God saying that he will have liberal progressives overtake the leadership of the church. Would you be shocked if God told you some of those things? That's what it's like for Habakkuk to hear this, this evil nation bringing discipline upon upon God's people. The end of verse 13, we see this. Uh, Habakkuk is responding, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked, Babylon, swallows up the man more righteous than he, Judah? Right? So the wicked here is the nation of Babylon. The more, more righteous is Judah. So Habakkuk saying, Judah is bad, right? I get it, but not as bad as Babylon, right? How can you use such a corrupt, evil nation against us, against God's people, Why would you use evil people in that way? Where is the justice in that? What are you doing, God? It's not quite what I wanted. Have you ever been there? You want God to act, you want him to do something, but yet not that wasn't quite what I was hoping for. I wanted it different. Remember what God said. I am doing a work that you would not believe. Here it is. Here it is. Not quite believing. Why, God? You're doing it that way. And then in verse 14 uh, and following, we have a parable of sorts. Uh, God's people here are symbolized as fish without hope. Right, There are nets and snares cast before them by the evil nation. They're helpless against the enemy. In verse 17, Habakkuk asks, Will this go on forever? Will it ever come to an end? Is this all we're left with? Just judgment from an evil nation. How long, O Lord, will this continue? So again, oftentimes we don't like how God works, right? We want what, what we want. We want it how we want it. We want it when we want it. But we don't quite like how God does things all the time. Right? I don't like what you're doing, God. Why are you doing it that way? God, how could you allow Joe Biden to be president? God, how could you allow abortion to continue in our country? God, how could you allow natural disasters to wipe out entire communities? God, how could you allow me to be treated that way? How can a good God use evil against his own people? You must know that God always works for his own glory. God always works for his own glory. And it is confusing to us at times. We have to do the wrestling in faith, wrestling with God. This is where faith is needed. But the righteous will live by his faith. I'm going to do a work that you might not believe, that you might not understand, that you might not like, walk in faith. Trust what I'm doing. It's for your good and for my glory, God says. And so we see Habakkuk here again, chapter 2, verse 1. He's waiting on God. He takes a stand of just waiting. He says, I'm waiting. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to keep my position here and wait to hear from God can be difficult for us, right? It can be challenging to just be still and wait on God. We want to do something. We want to make things right. Habakkuk here says, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to wait till I hear from God. So when you find yourself in a position of waiting upon the Lord, stand firm in faith, continue in small steps of faith and wait on God. So here Habakkuk has been direct in talking with God. And yet here he's ready to listen. He's ready to receive as well. And he's actually, in the wording here, he's ready to be rebuked by God. If you look at chapter 2, verse 1 here, this last phrase. So he says, I'm waiting, I'm looking, and what I will answer concerning my complaint. That wording, that complaint there is more of a, a complaint of God against him. If you have a different version than ESV, it might say, uh, um, well, answer when I am reproved or when I am corrected. And so Habakkuk here is waiting to be rebuked. He's waiting for God's response. He's waiting for God to come back and say, Habakkuk, come on now. Listen up. He's waiting for a rebuke so he's going to stand. He's made his complaint against God, he's laid out his questions. He's challenged God, why is it this way? I don't like it, but now I'm going to stand. and I'll wait for you to hit me back, God. I'll wait for you to correct me. I'll wait for you to rebuke me. I'm not going anywhere until I hear from you. He's taking a stand of faith in that way. And then in chapter 2, verse 2 and following, God will once again patiently and graciously respond to Habakkuk. Habakkuk, here's what you need to know. The righteous shall live by his faith and justice will come for the wicked. We'll get more into that next week as we get through chapter two. But God responds again. God is just. He will let Habakkuk know wicked and evil will not go unpunished. God does often for a time allow Evil to go unpunished. It may be delayed until it best serves God's purposes, but judgment will come on evil. If God's people are disciplined because of their sin, how much more will God bring judgment against the wicked? You must have faith for this. It takes faith to believe this, even when we observe evil, when we observe the injustices taking place. And of course, we must understand that ultimate blessing and ultimate judgment are deferred, they're put off until eternity. Right? Those justified through faith in Christ will have eternal blessing, while those still in their sin will have eternal judgment eternal condemnation. So what do we learn as we wrap up here? First thing is wrestle with God. Wrestle with God. Don't be afraid to do this. It's okay to wrestle with God over these things, over things that you don't understand, over things that don't look right to you, over the evil that you actually do see and observe, and that really is there. There is evil and there is wicked in this world. We don't have to deny that, right? It's true. Wrestle with God over that. God is good. You can cry out to him. God can handle all of your complaints against him. He's big enough. He's strong enough. He can take it. He can handle all of your emotions. He can handle all of your honesty before him. He is a loving Father, who wants to hear you express your heart to him, he invites you to come, to come before him. Wrestle with God over these things. Wrestle with God over the evils that you see. Wrestle with God over the injustices that you see. Cry out to him, how long will this evil continue? When will justice come in this situation? Wrestle with him over those things. And as you do at the same time, hold on to your faith. Hold on to your faith. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Habakkuk, you'll have tribulation. 21st century Christian, you will have tribulation. Tribulation. But take heart, be encouraged, I have overcome the world. What does that mean for you? 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Except the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God may not always act as you desire. At times, it will look to you as though evil is prevailing, that evil has won. But God gets the last word. He has victory through Jesus Christ. He will always act for your good and for his glory. God is sovereign over us. He is the ruler of all peoples and nations. Trust him. Believe in him more than what you see in front of your eyes. Hold on to that faith and don't ever let it go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, expand our vision, expand our perspective. Help us to see the evil injustices, but help us to see beyond that, to see the work that you are doing in this world for your own glory. God, we do wrestle over the evil that we observe. We wrestle over the injustices that are there. How long do they continue, God? When will you step in and act? But God, help us to trust you more than anything. Help us to have a great faith that looks to you, that fixes our eyes on Christ. That in every every circumstance, in every evil we see, in every injustice, we would look to God. We would look to you to know that you are sovereign, that you are Lord. So God, increase our faith. I believe, help me in my unbelief. God, we need you to build this within us because we are weak in ourselves. So God, let, let us learn from Habakkuk. Let us look to you. Let us cry out to you. And let us trust you greatly. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The charge is this. Identify areas where you see iniquity and justice. List them out in specific ways. Then cry out to God regarding these things. Wrestle with God over them, having the faith to receive his answers. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.